It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, once gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. On this vote, the yeas are 252 The nays are 175. The bill is passed. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. And with that, Nancy Pelosi declares there will be a commission. And that commission, of course, will bring to bear, will bring to accountability all those insurrectionists that were at the Capitol on January the 6th who went to support President Trump, who thought the election had been uh, something was wrong with how the election process was conducted. And they went, and now they are insurrectionists. And aren't they happy? The Democrats in the House are very happy about this. I want to let uh, Fox tell you the story a little bit more. Then I'm going to fill in a lot of blanks, so let's listen. The House approves to establish a commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol riot. On this vote, the yeas are 252 The nays are 175. The bill is passed. 35 Republicans defy GOP leadership and joined Democrats in favor of forming the 9-11 style probe. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and former President Trump all oppose the commission. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer pledges to put the bill on the floor. Five people died from the January 6th attack. That's not Senator true. Ron Johnson, though, says there is no need for this commission. Take a listen. I sure hope we can get at least uh, 41 of our Republican colleagues to vote against this thing. You know, there are, there are investigations going on. I'm doing my own investigation to really accurately recreate exactly what happened on January 6th. But uh, Nancy Pelosi's commission is not going to dig into this in any kind of bipartisan fashion. She gets to pick all the staff members. Uh, This is a joke and it should be voted down. Senator Johnson condemned the violence by those who attacked the Capitol on January 6th, but says there are thousands of peaceful protesters. There were thousands of peaceful protesters marching in D.C. that day. Yeah, this is going to be bad news uh, because we've got the government at the same time, the Justice Department and uh, the Homeland Security Department developing all these commissions to come after, put all of their resources on catching those insurrectionists who were there on January the 6th. As a matter of fact, uh, there. let's listen to clip 11, you guys. I want to give people an idea of how seriously, just to remind them, uh, this Biden government is going to go after people like you and me who actually think and still do that the election was wrongly decided and believe that we had every right to be there uh, on January the 6th to show our support for President Trump. This is clip 11. Just to give you some backdrop, let's listen. 100 days since I took the oath of office and lifted my hand off our family Bible and inherited a nation, we all did, that was in crisis. The worst pandemic in a century. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. The worst attack on our democracy 
since the Civil War. As with the Ku Klux Klan, Oklahoma City, and Unabomber investigations, the Justice Department is once again engaged in a complex nationwide resource-intensive investigation. The investigation of the heinous attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. I think it is fair to say that in my career uh, as a judge uh, and in law enforcement, I have not seen a more dangerous threat to democracy than the uh, invasion of the Capitol. While we remain vigilant about the threat of foreign terrorism, ideologically motivated domestic violent extremism now poses the most lethal and persistent terrorism-related threat to the homeland today. The January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol and on American democracy is a searing example of this threat. Okay, so there you just heard your president, your attorney general, and your head of Department of Homeland Security. That's what's driving this, and they are serious as death. Nancy Pelosi wants an investigation because we believe that she's up to her neck, her ears, in complicity with orchestrating the, the lack of preparation by Capitol Police. She was actually in charge of what happened on that day, the refusal to let National Guard troops come when there were requests for them. Yeah, so she has a reason to sort of get the, the, uh, the heat off of herself and uh, now blame, of course, Trump supporters and demonize them. And really, honestly, it is so very serious. I want to tell you last night, uh, the, there were, what, 35, I'm going to tell you exactly who they were in just a second, 35 Republicans who voted for this commission. Now, the argument that Kevin McCarthy made against the commission uh, and other Republicans was that it was not wide enough. You can't just investigate what happened in the Capitol on January 6th. How about what's been happening in Seattle and Portland and around the country? If we're going to examine what's happening with violence, they should be included in this commission. And of course, they're refusing that. They just want to talk about January 6th, Trump supporters. And so uh, the person leading the charge for the uh, Republicans who voted for this commission, by the way, the commission was negotiated by, I think it's Benny John, uh, Benny Thompson and Catco, Congressman Catco from New York. Catco is a never-Trumper, uh, has always been. And so he got to, Kevin McCarthy appointed him to figure out how this commission should work. And so you can imagine how this commission is going to work. As you heard in that little clip, Nancy Pelosi will be able to uh, appoint all the uh, staffers. Uh, the staffers run the thing. The congressman, as you can see, just read sheets of paper with a few exceptions. Uh, Ron Johnson is an exception. Ted Cruz is an exception. But as Chuck Schumer reads everything he does, Nancy Pelosi, these staffers are the ones who are driving all of this. So that, that's what that means. They're the ones that are actually going to be driving what's happening with this commission. So uh, who's leading the charge for the Republicans who voted in favor of this commission to come after people like you who listen to this show, many of you? It's Congressman Peter Meyer from Michigan who called out his colleagues who have, he says, tried to whitewash and rewrite the shameful events of January 6th. If we avoid confronting what happened here just a few short months ago, we can be sure that intimidation, coercion, and violence will become a defining feature of our politics for generations to come. And that, look, we just had Senator Ron Johnson on with us on Monday, and you will recall we discussed those, I think, 14,000 hours of tape inside the Capitol that shows the so-called insurrectionists. Uh, but the Capitol Police will not release it, will not, re not even to the defense attorneys of those 400 that have been arrested and 60, I think, that are still languishing in jail uh, in Washington, D.C. They, they don't have access. They're not allowed to see it. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. 
Uh, so, um, and so that's what happened last night. He led the charge on this. Uh, then you have uh, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene saying there's not been an investigation to stop Black Lives Matter and Tifa riots that have hurt innocent people. Um, call, and she called out the unrest again in Minneapolis, Portland, and other cities. She said a commission will be just used as a political tool against Republicans, and of course she's right. Um, so it's a 10-person, now they say bipartisan, well, with people like Katko and the guy from Michigan uh, who, you know, bipartisan means nothing except that will give the left a rubber stamp to say Republicans agreed with us. Half of the commissioners will be appointed by Democrats, the other half by Republicans. Uh, they'll have subpoena power, and on and on it goes. Okay, so Fred Upton, also from Michigan, who is all about this commission, said, um, had it not been for the brave police officers defending the Capitol that day, members of Congress could have lost their lives. If not for the police, who knows how many of our heads would have been swinging on those gallows that were constructed on the east front of the Capitol, Upton said. We need the answers, not political rhetoric. That's what this bipartisan commission can provide for all of us, for our country. Let the truth shine in. Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to do. And I have to say, in regard to Upton's remarks, that's part of what's driving this. Uh, the congressman, uh, senators and congressmen, you remember, and I made this statement, what, the day after this happened, that they were so concerned for their, they're so narcissistic. Look, I'm concerned for my safety, too. That's natural. We naturally want to defend ourselves and our families. Uh, but the narcissistic response to this, to claim that they're going to take your head on a spike, when there were, there were no weapons. There were, like, there were sticks. There were uh, there was a couple of bats. Uh, there, there were no, as far as I know, no guns. Uh, there were, the investigation shows no guns. And there were no shootings by any people that went inside that building. There were only shootings by, there was one shooting. And that was somebody who's not been identified who killed uh, one of the people that uh, one of the Trump supporters that went inside the building, um, I you know uh, last night Tucker Carlson said a lot of what I've been saying, but I want I want you to hear him say because he says it so well because this frames it and then I have a lot more to tell you. I may be obsessed about this today. Yes, I might be because I my back is up as my mother used to say. My back is up about this. Uh, here's Tucker Carlson talking about it. Let's listen. That's what needs to be done to save our country. <laughs> This must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. That's one view of the so-called insurrection. We give you more. The federal government is hiding apparently thousands of hours of video from inside the Capitol from that day. We don't need a 9-11 style commission to see it. They could just release it, but they won't. They could also tell us who shot Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed veteran who was killed that day, the only person who was killed that day. But the people you saw in the video, some of them, thanks to Joe Biden's Justice Department, have been charged with crimes. What kind of crimes? Well, not sedition. If it was insurrection, why aren't they charged with sedition? If they're murderers, why not charge them with murder? No, they were charged with things like disorderly conduct and entering a restricted area, trespassing. And yet dozens of them have been kept in solitary confinement in the D.C. jail as they await trial. Ever been to the D.C. jail? You ought to go. But that's not enough. Now they're telling us we need a 9-11 style commission to keep investigating because that really was our 9-11. What's interesting 
is that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who is not, you'll be surprised to learn, acting in good faith here, says this commission is about, quote, finding the truth. But she's the same person who supports BLM and the Antifa riots over the summer. We're not guessing about that. She defended Antifa when it destroyed downtown Portland and kept destroying downtown Portland last summer for over 100 days. Yeah, so that's just part of Tucker's report. I just wanted you to hear him say it. And um, we are beginning to beat the drum. We've been beating the drum for a while. I think I've been beating the drum since January the 7th. And I'm happy to report that a lot of people are awakening. And I actually think that's probably why Congress, uh, the House, uh, and Kevin McCarthy have kind of uh, awakened. I think we've had some part in awakening them. And by the way, we're sending a letter to Congress uh, today to demand that if there's going to be a commission, that they include the other violence of the summer, the other uh, acts of the acts of Antifa, the acts of Black Lives Matter. If you're going to invest what investigate what happened on January 6th, then we need to look at all of this. And so that letter is going out today. It's going to go now, of course, to the Senate, uh, where um, uh, Mitch McConnell says he is not in favor of this commission. I think maybe he's gotten the, the buzz also that this is not good. This is dangerous. Don't do this to the people that support you. Don't do this to your supporters, to the, the heart and soul of the nation. Don't do this uh, to the people that love the Constitution. And some of them, however inartfully, went into the Capitol. And uh, I'm sure some of them did things they shouldn't do. I'm not, we're never saying that people that actually broke things or uh, broke into the, the building should not be some um, punishment that's, um, that's commiserate with the act not solitary confinement without any kind of bail. I'm going to read you an article in just a few minutes that will, is part of the reason why I am so upset this morning, uh, because I want to read to you an account of what's happening to people that are being held. Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way, called out Nancy Pelosi, and uh, she said, uh, we need to investigate why Speaker Pelosi did not have 10,000 National Guard at the Capitol January 6th, like President Trump requested on January 5th since it was warned ahead of time by intelligence that there was something planned and pipe bombs were found at the RNC and the DNC on January 5th. Why? Why didn't you call in the guards? She doesn't want to talk about that. She's ignoring it. And uh, so I, uh, when we come back, I'm going to give you a few, an idea of what's being said, what your friends are hearing, that will give them a different viewpoint. And then when I finish with that, I'm going to read this article about an update on what's happening to people that are being held. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Christians in Africa, they are willing to suffer for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Pastor Nepo was preaching away one Sunday in Burundi, Africa. A group of Islamic extremists burst through the door. They went to the pulpit, dragged this man down the aisle, and out the front door where they beat him nearly to death. His family and congregation looked on horrified, and many in the congregation are former Muslims who have come to saving faith, but there is tremendous pressure from families and friends to revert back to Islam. And I can tell you, these Christians, they're squarely focused on Christ, praying to endure and persevere. And you do that when you can open God's Word and be reminded of His precious promises. Look, there is a severe shortage of Bibles available to Christians in many parts of Africa. And that's why we're inviting you to send a Bible for $5. $50 sends 10 Make your most generous gift today by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at SendBiblesNow.org. That's SendBiblesNow.org. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Vice President Kamala Harris. As Vice President, she serves at the pleasure of the President, is first in the presidential line of succession, and is also President of the United States Senate. Matthew 23.11 reminds us of the importance of serving others. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Vice President Kamala Harris as she serves the President and our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Demi Lovato, the famous singer, is making national news after she announced that she identifies as non-binary, which, for all of you math nerds, has nothing to do with numerical notation. Moving forward, Ms. Lovato says she will use the pronouns they and them, as in they is non-binary. Grammatically incorrect, but politically correct. Ms. Lovato took great joy in proclaiming herself to be a member of the Alphabet Mafia. That's what they call the LGBTQIA plus community these days. Back in March, Ms. Lovato announced to the world that she was pansexual. I'm still not sure what that is, but I've been told it has nothing to do with frying pans. Life was so much easier when we all agreed that God was only in the business of making little boys and little girls. Be sure to pre-order a copy of my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at your favorite bookstore. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. They're lying. They don't, Casey, want transparency. They don't want truth. And certainly they are following the, the ringleader of the conspiracy to commit sedition against the United States government and stop the counting of the, the votes that day. And that, of course, Donald J. Trump. And so once again, they blindly follow. As somebody, uh, Casey, who is there, you know full well, as do all of these members who were lying to their constituents, uh, these weren't just tourists ambling through, taking pictures of, 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 of statues in uh, a statutory <laughs> hall or rubbing Will Rogers' shoe for good luck. They were there looking to find people, hurt people, uh, kill cops, uh, almost killed quite a few, uh, and, and uh, you know, put bear spray into cops' uh, face who eventually died. So there you go, Joe. Uh, let's see. People went into the Capitol to kill cops, uh, to bear spray them in the face, to hurt people. Uh, and five people were killed. They killed five people. That, that is just an abject lie. Uh, no one was killed except for Ashley Babbitt. And she went in and supported President Trump. Uh, so the lie, talk about lies, the lies. It's just uh, we are awash in lies. And that, of course, is what your friends are hearing 
who listen to other media outlets and they say that you know questioning the election is a big lie by the way on the election there's so much to tell you today and I'm not going to get to it but let me just say in Arizona they are persevering incredibly persevering uh they had a hearing yesterday and I remember I think the last thing I told you about was that um Dominion Systems and the Maricopa County supervisors were refusing to give the other passwords they were denying that uh, there could be re- that the, that they had fought, lost the files. Well, here's the thing: the Senate, the Arizona Senate, is just hanging right in there. They are not stopping, and they have recovered the files that were lost. Whatever those files are, whatever they mean, they have been recovered, and they are continuing to pursue through the law, through through the judge's order, those passwords that are being withheld, and they are not stopping. <laughs> So that's what's happening there, and there's also lots of people in Georgia who are still. Uh, I I can not prepared. I've got the paper. You know what? I can't get sidetracked with that. But let me just say, in places in Georgia like New Hampshire, uh, the people are just being steadfast. They're not stopping. They're not stopping, and we can't stop either, uh, because we do not have to settle for these lives. We can fight back, and that is exactly what we're doing. Uh, so, um, all right. This is what I wanted to to tell you, because I think this is probably the most important thing I have to share with you today. Uh, You recall that Julie Kelly was a guest of ours a couple of weeks ago. Julie writes for American Greatness. She is uh, the one person who really is tracking all the details on what's happened to people that were arrested as of January 6th. I'm going to read actually a good portion of her article this morning for you, Um, and uh, because, and you'll understand why. She starts with a quote from um, Jacob Lang. This is what he sent to his father. I've been in solitary confinement. Okay, hang on one second. We think that there have been uh, 400 arrests. I think uh, something like, and I'm giving you estimates because this is from my memory, I think 60 people are still incarcerated uh, in the uh, uh, the D.C. jails. So uh, Jacob is one of them. I've been in solitary confinement for 100 days now and haven't been convicted of any crime with no end in sight. That was part of a lengthy message Jacob sent to his father, Ned, in the last week of April. Jacob was arrested on January 16th in New York and charged with several crimes related to his activity in D.C. On January 6th, Lang, who turned 25 while incarcerated, is accused of assaulting police officers using a dangerous or deadly weapon. The government's evidence against him appears to be strong. He has pled not guilty to all charges. If he's convicted, Joe Biden's Justice Department uh, and sentenced uh, and presumed guilty until proven innocent, awaiting trials that won't begin for months. It's all part of what Attorney General Merrick Garland promised is his top priority, the sprawling investigation into the alleged insurrection. And what another top prosecutor boasted is the shock and awe campaign to punish Americans protesting the results of the 2020 presidential election. You will remember that Justice Department official was on uh, CBS 60 Minutes bragging about how they had arrested all these people and they were going to bring shock and all. He was actually almost laughing about it. So back to Jacob, we need to distinguish Jacob. It sounds like, according to Julie, there's some uh, strong evidence against him. Uh, But still, in our courts, we don't hold people without bail. As far as I understand, he doesn't have a criminal record. We don't do that. We give them a right to a trial, to a, to looking at the evidence. And so, and stay with me now. So far, more than 400 people have been arrested in the nationwide manhunt with more charges to come. 
and at the same time, emerging evidence proves law enforcement allowed protesters to enter and remain in the building. I played that clip for you yesterday. That video was just released in the last few days, and that was what Tucker played last night also, uh, where you see uh, the police, the Capitol policeman telling that just, just be peaceful, show us that you'll be peaceful, and they shout out, this has to be peaceful, you guys. Don't, don't do anything. And we see that it was with the full cooperation of the Capitol Police, but of course that doesn't matter. At the direct, that's why the video, that's why we believe the video is not being released so that people cannot defend themselves because they've picked out, cherry-picked, this is our, this is our summation, they have cherry-picked the worst parts of that video, uh, and that's what they've created these compilations with while leaving out, what, another 13,500 hours of, uh, of people not doing anything other than walking through and actually taking pictures and posing. But, um, at the direction, Julie goes on to say, at the direction of Biden's Justice Department, at least 50 defendants have been transported from their homes uh, to the D.C. jail, a purely punitive move since all court hearings in the foreseeable future are virtual. In several cases, federal prosecutors successfully argued against release orders issued by local judges. The government repeatedly cites the overall events of January 6th, in addition to the defendant's skepticism about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election as evidence the accused are a threat to society. This is a quote from an assistant U.S. attorney. He armed himself and assaulted law enforcement with the intent to unlawfully enter the U.S. Capitol and stop the functioning of our government as it met to certify election results. He wrote that uh, in a pre-tiled detention motion for Lang. This is Jacob the 25-year-old we mentioned at started the piece with. The defendant was a spoke in the wheel that caused the historic events of January 6th, and he is thus a danger to our society and a threat to the peaceful functioning of our community. This is Julie speaking now. Of course, that sort of dramatic rhetoric has nothing to do with keeping people safe and everything to do with punishing law-abiding Americans who have the audacity to doubt the outcome of last year's election. It's guilt by association. Anyone who supports Donald Trump is guilty of challenging the regime and must pay the price. Which is why so many January 6th detainees now languish in solitary confinement, some reportedly abused by prison guards, denied routine access to family members and defense attorneys. Um, The same Justice Department dropping cases against Portland rioters, including those charged with assaulting federal officers, is treating January 6th defendants as hardened criminals, even though most have no criminal records. Lang told his father his fellow detainees are being tortured mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, legally, and spiritually. The jail allows them to leave their cells for one hour a day. Religious services are not allowed. They can't exercise and access to personal hygiene, such as showers, is nearly non-existent, according to defense lawyers and relatives that Julie has spoken to. The detainees, before a single moment of their trial has begun, suffer the same harsh treatment as convicted criminals incarcerated in the D.C. prison system. Pandemic-justified conditions recently condemned by elected officials of both parties. The treatment is so bad that the detainees have found advocates and two unlikely allies, and she talks about Elizabeth Warren and Dick Durbin, uh, talking about how um, solitary confinement is not acceptable and it's, it's overkill. When Richard Barnett, the man photographed in House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office, finally was released from the D.C. jail after being held for nearly four months, the first thing he asked for was a nail clipper. All the inmates had to share one nail clipper, and it was never cleaned. 
Barnett's attorney, Stephen Metcalf, told me. He hadn't cut his nails for four months. Barnett turned himself into law enforcement after he arrived home in Arkansas on January the 8th. News photographers had been positioned outside Pelosi's office to take pictures, and when the image of Barnett went viral immediately, leading to death threats against his family. Although he had no criminal history, D.C. District Judge Court, Judge, Court Judge Beryl Howell agreed with the government that Barnett was a danger to society. In addition to a few misdemeanor charges, he is accused of carrying, not using, a walking stick that can be used as a stun gun. Defendant's involvement in the Capitol assault and brazen... This is a quote now from the... Uh, uh, from Howell. Defendant's involvement in the Capitol assault and brazen conduct inside the Capitol and offices of the Speaker of the House pose an obvious danger. The court finds that the defendant poses a danger to the community because of his brazenly illegal conduct and access to firearms and weapons like a stun gun that remain missing. And, of course, Howell is a former Democratic Senate staffer. He's a strong Obama. He's an Obama appointee and uh, an antagonist for uh, Trump. That's the judge. Howell's prejudicial conclusion that Barnett engaged in illegal activity based solely on the government's initial evidence is just one example of how January 6th defendants are being treated as though they've already been sentenced. Prison guards instill fear in the detainees, Metcalf said. Ryan Samsel, behind bars since January, allegedly was beaten by prison guards who handcuffed him with zip ties. He has definitely suffered serious injuries, including a shattered orbital floor, a broken orbital bone. His jaw was broken. His nose was broken. Um, Sam Samsel is currently unable to see out of his right eye and may permanently lose his vision. Further, those held in the D.C. jail cannot participate in their own defense, a clear violation of basic constitutional protections. It's impossible to have a free-flowing conversation with your clients, said Attorney Metcalf. Meetings are in open cages where there is no confidentiality. Everyone can hear the conversations, including prison guards. If a detainee meets with a lawyer in person at the jail, he must then quarantine for 14 days as retaliation. Attorney-client privilege is non-existent. And then uh, Julie goes on about the Capitol surveillance footage, which I've told you about. We discussed with Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson's staff is combing over this. He's the only one that seems to be able to have access to it. But Julie uh, fills in the blanks a little bit more. You can only view this um, uh, if you you have a limited time. You have to go in uh, and you're supervised. They have a limited time to be able to look at these 14,000 hours of uh, video. Defendants and lawyers cannot download, copy, or share the clips. Last week, Jacob Lane, the 25-year-old that we started discussing about, according to a text message sent to his mother on Sunday, was placed in an empty cell for at least 14 hours as punishment for advising other detainees against accepting plea deals. Only one person so far has accepted a plea arrangement. All the other defendants have pleaded not guilty. According to the message shared by his father to me, Jacob had no water, nothing in my cell, no chair to sit, no blanket, no Bible no toothbrush, no toilet paper, and no human contact. And he said the water is brown and comes out in chunks. His next court hearing is June the 15th. They're literally torturing me exactly like they do political prisoners in China, he wrote his mom. I'm a United States citizen and constitutional patriot, and they are torturing me. I'm not even convicted of a crime. This is how they treat innocent until proven guilty people in America? That's Julie's article. It's called Shawshank. For January 6th detainees, we'll put it on our Facebook page. Please share it. Share it with your skeptic friends. 
and share it with your legislatures. If I legislators, I would uh, paste and copy this and send it to them individually. They should see this. Those that just voted, for heaven's sake. In fact, I'm going to tell you now who voted. There were 35 House Republicans who voted in support of this this commission that, that's totally slanted witch hunt commission, and they are. And some of them are from your state. So listen quick, okay? Take your pen. We'll put this on our. This is from uh, Sundance. We'll put this on our Facebook page, but still, listen for your state. Don Bacon, Nebraska. Cliff Bentz, Oregon. Stephanie Bice, Oklahoma. Liz Cheney, Wyoming. John Curtis, Utah. Rodney Davis, Illinois. Brian Fitzpatrick, Pennsylvania. Jeff Fortenberry, Nebraska. Andrew Garbarino, New York. Carlos Jimenez, Florida. Tony Gonzalez, Texas, voted yes. Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio. Michael Guest of Mississippi. Jamie Herrera Butler, I think it's called, uh, from Washington. Jay Hill of Arkansas. Trey Hollingsworth of Indiana. Chris Jacobs of New York. Dusty Johnson of South Dakota. David Joyce of Ohio. John Katko, who was the one who helped form this commission of New York, Adam Kinziger from Illinois, David McKinley from West Virginia, Peter Meyer from Michigan, Marionette Miller, Miller Minks, Ohio, uh, Iowa, sorry, Marionette Miller Meeks of Iowa, Blake Moore of Utah, Dan Newhouse, Washington, Tom Reed, New York, Tom Rice, South Carolina, Maria Elvira Salazar, Florida, Michael Simpson of Idaho, Christopher Smith, New Jersey, Van Taylor of Texas, Fred Upton of Michigan, David Valadao, Valadio, or whatever, how you say it, California, Steve Womack, Arkansas. All right, so that's the list. We will put this. It's called the Target List. 35 House Republicans voted to support Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats' 2022 election plan. And this is the list for removal, and I'm in agreement with that. I am in agreement with that. Uh, And so 2022, at least, is. and I would also add to this, Daniel Webster, who represents the villages in Florida, that great community represented by someone who does nothing. I'm sorry, he does nothing. So he voted, he just didn't vote. And neither did Kelly of Illinois. That's just as bad. And so remember that, all of you that are represented by those particular people. All right, when we return, let's open the phone lines because we need to talk. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Jan Markell of Understanding the Times Radio. We're now hearing about possibly forced vaccination and not being able to buy or sell without proof of a vaccination. It sounds like this is all leaping out of the pages of the book of Revelation. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. Hey, that commentator's only telling one side of it, and it's not even right. (laughs) Some news service. That's just one of the reasons I start my day and the news cycle with OneNewsNow.com. Never heard of it. One News what? Here, I pulled it up on my app for you. One News Now is the news of the day, but without the bias of the left. They're a division of the American Family Association, so their lens is biblical, not liberal. 
onenewsnow.com. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. House Republicans ousted Liz Cheney from the GOP conference chair position and voted 134 to 46 to replace her with New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. In doing so, they chose Stefanik over Representative Chip Roy of Texas. As conference chair, Stefanik will have control of the party purse strings to roll out money to get Republicans she favors elected to Congress. The problem here is that policy-wise, Stefanik is just as much of a rhino as Cheney, maybe even more. The election was more about Trump loyalty than constitutionalism. In bypassing Roy, the GOP seems uninterested in conservatism. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. America cannot be what it is intended to be until America's men are what they are intended to be. The violence that has consumed our major cities is largely perpetrated by males who themselves are consumed with rage. They do not know what it means to be a man. I've written the Boy to Man book based on Proverbs to help dads mentor their young sons on the path to manhood. It's a book for a father to read to and with his son so that his son hears the wisdom of Solomon coming out of the mouth of his own father. I received a note from a dad in the Midwest. It reads, Your book has been great for our family, Brian. I'm going through it with our 15-year-old right now. I have three more boys who will also go through it if the Lord tarries. Order your copy of the Boy to Man book today at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The top American and Russian diplomats met today in Iceland. The good news is that Tony Blinken was not publicly humiliated by this adversary's representative, unlike when he submissively tolerated a diatribe against America by his Chinese counterpart two months ago. The bad news is that while Russia's Sergei Lavrov chose to speak softly in Reykjavik, he swung a big stick in the run-up to today's meeting of the Arctic Council there. In a recent press conference, the foreign minister declared, quote, It has long been common knowledge that the Arctic is our territory, our land, unquote. In fact, just as the Chinese communists claim most of the South China Sea thanks to their fortified bastions that can control it, Russia has been militarizing the polar region and is getting into a position to do the same there. We must challenge both. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. I want to give you some uh, encouragement because uh, there are Republicans that are really fighting back in the House. And this may seem like a small thing, but it isn't. Uh, because this is the opposite of the narcissism I talked about earlier that seems to be, you know, infect people that serve us in Congress. Uh, there were about a dozen Republicans who did a mask revolt on the House floor. Now, why is that a big deal? That's because they get fined. They've been, they're, they're being fined, uh, I think, $500 every time they do this. Because Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> look, who, made, who decided the Speaker of the House way, way back 
I should be able to control the actions of all the members of both parties. I don't know, but she has that power. So she's demanding that they wear masks, and it doesn't matter about the CDC guidelines, doesn't matter. So uh, Texas Republican Louie Gohmert, Beth Van Dyne, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Bryant Mast, Bob Good, Thomas Massey, Mary Miller, uh, a congressman from South Carolina, Ralph Norman, gathered near the well of the House uh, without their masks in between votes. Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina joined them as well. And then uh, we also read that um, Representative Chip Roy and Florida Representative Greg Stuba, Stuba and Iowa Representative Marianne, Marionette Miller-Meeks also went without their mask on the floor. And like I said, there's a huge fine and it accumulates. Uh, and so this is something that they're doing that's hurting them. And yet they're willing to do that. So remember that when you are when you're deciding who to support and encourage. I want to tell you, there's a people around the country are taking action. I can't possibly tell you everywhere, but in Scottsdale, the school board ended in chaos after the parents confronted the the board over mask mandates for their children, which I didn't even get to talk about this week. I feel just as about as angry about that as I do about the January sixth incarcerations. And so, people around the country, parents are getting upset, and in Scottsdale, they're organizing. In Oregon, uh, several rural counties have banded together to secede from the state of Oregon and to join themselves with uh, Idaho, which is a much more conservative, has common sense government. Now, they have, it has to go through. It's like nearly two dozen of those counties are, are trying to do it. I think this was five that succeeded in that vote. So out in Oregon, people are, are working to try to correct their circumstances. And then this is from a listener. This is from Jill. She says uh, she's from Rapid City, South Dakota, and they are, they're in a, a fierce battle over the school board. And she just sent me uh, the, one of the school board member. Uh, it's a candidate for school board's postings that is so vile, I can't really read it. And I believe her name is Holly Coates. It says group post by Holly Coates. And she, I can't read what she posted. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, maybe I can read this first part. I want a dyke for president. I want a person with AIDS for president. I want a blank for vice president, and I want someone with no health insurance. I want some who, one who grew up in a place where the earth is so saturated with toxic waste that they didn't have a choice about getting leukemia, and that's just the beginning of it. So um, Holly Coates, who is the candidate for school board there, posted that. Her opponent is, a, according to Jill, uh, um, someone who is, you know, that the, the conservatives in the community are supporting. Her name is Deb Baker. It's a, all, it's a fierce-pitched battle, and they are organizing to try to take back their schools. And uh, I've been, you know, this has been a theme with me for the last several weeks. And by the way, thank you. So many of you have written me saying, help us. We want to get organized where we are. And lots of you are doing that. In fact, my my inbox was flooded with people that are asking for help and information. So here's what I need. Let me make this. I was obviously unclear the last time I asked for this. Uh, if you write uh, an email to me at sandy at AFR.net and say, I want to organize my community. How do I do that? I need to know where you are. Many of you did not say. I also need to know a little bit more about you. Do you have an organization? Uh, uh, and, and I don't have something to just send you in an email. Uh, this is a serious endeavor where we're organizing people who have the wherewithal to organize in their communities. Uh, so it's not like an exploratory. It's um, it's not like I could just send you information and you read it and decide if you want to do it. This is linking you into people that are actually going to do it, and they're going to teach you how to do it. 
So when you write me again, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not going to disregard all those of you who reached out to me. I'm going to, I'm going to link you up, but in the future, just tell me where you are geographically and kind of, uh, just, just give me a little bit more information about you. Some of you did that and that it's very, very helpful, uh, but just to name and send me information is probably, uh, it's not quite adequate. Okay. So, um, all right. Oh, so many things to do. Okay, I'm going to go to the phone lines because I promised I would. We're going to do it. Let's go to Mark in Oklahoma. Good morning, Mark. Yes. How are you, Mark? I am troubled, but yep. but, but good. Okay. And I, I appreciate the show. Yeah, thank um, you. I was in Washington, D.C. on the 6th, and there's. I, w- I would love to tell you like a five-minute story about what happened in, from my experience, but... Just to get to your point, I would like to see an investigation of what happened on the 6th, but I don't trust our government to do it legitimately. Exactly. I don't exactly. Think we can trust the FBI anymore. No. Um, oh, you can't. Are you kidding? And your Justice Department, with Merrick Garland already declaring this was the worst uh, a breach of, uh, that he's ever seen in the country, ever, ever? I mean, really, right. that's the guy making all the... Ch- okay, Mark, uh, give it's us the... That- Please give us the very short version of your experience on, on January 6th, because I want to hear it as best you can tell it quickly. As best as I can tell it quickly. When we got to Washington, D.C., the mayor had pulled all the subway tickets out of the uh, subway machine, so we couldn't get from the motel to where the rally was. So since I drove, I decided I would drive people back and forth between the rally and the motel where I was at. I told the first couple and another gentleman that I would drive them back at the end of the rally. But... I drove several people. In any case, I wound up losing these people. And when Trump finished his rally and we started the Jericho March, which is any Christian knows the Jericho March is you just march and keep your mouth shut. Anyway. And pray. March, right? And pray. Absolutely. So that's what we were going to do. Anyway, it was cold. And I, I would, had hoped that President Trump would do something spectacular, and he really didn't. He said the same stuff that he'd said the whole time. Anyway. I'd lost this couple, and I'd also lost my uncle with them, so I'm trying to find them. It was kind of cold, and I decided I'm not going to take part in this Jericho march. There's, there's tons and tons and tons of people. They'll, they'll stand there for us. Anyway, um, I start looking for this company, couple. The government or somebody had shut off our cell phones, so we couldn't call anybody. We couldn't text anybody. We couldn't contact anybody. My uncle, he's an older gentleman, well into his 70s, so I was able to find him by waiting by the loo. Anyway, um, about 4 o'clock, the phones were turned back on, and we were able to reach this older couple. We said, where are you at? And the lady said, we're on the balcony of the Capitol building. (laughs) And we said, how did you get on the balcony of the Capitol building? She said, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put you on speakerphone so my husband can talk to you too. Anyway, she put it on speakerphone. We said, how did you get on this balcony of the speakerphone? Or, Or how did you get on the balcony of the Capitol building? He says, well, they let us in. He says, I think the guards are on our side. They just let us in. And he said, but, but the funny thing is, when I was walking past the guard, he shot me in the leg with pepper spray. He says, I really think they're on our side. And he just wanted to tell his boss that he tried to stop us. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting, Mark. Set up. What? Go ahead. Yeah, well, so... Um... You know what? I, I if we had more time, I would have a lot of questions for you. One question, quick question: Have you been interviewed by the FBI? I have not. I have not. You know, I didn't go into the Capitol building. Yeah, um, but that doesn't seem to matter. That doesn't seem to matter. A lot of people have been interrogated that didn't. Uh, so, uh, so okay. 
All right, well, that's good to know. And listen, keep in touch with us. I'm going to have to move on. You know why. Uh, but uh, please stay, keep in touch with us. And if there's any, any update, if you do get interrogated or whatever, let us know, okay? Have your guy get back on, and I'll give you my phone number in case you have more questions. All right, then uh, we will, uh, you know, send me an email with it, sandy at AFR.net, sandy at AFR.net. Can you do that? I'll do it, hon. Okay, okay, thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you. God bless you. Let's go to Lisa in Arkansas. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. How are you? Good. Quickly, if you can. I'm calling from Arkansas, and I tell you, we're the heartland, and it is, it is a war zone here with Walmart and corporate influence. We're fighting a drag show that Skittles is sponsoring for the NWA Women's Shelter. We are organized, but we're loosely because we're trying not to. We don't. Anyway, it, there's a lot of us trying to organize and do the right thing. And then you read on the, the news this morning that Steve Womack and French Hill sponsored this um, investigation commission. And they don't have opponents yet, but. Um, it just feels a little bit overwhelming. We're willing to get outside of our comfort zone, educate ourselves, and get engaged. Um, and then it just feels hopeless. And the constant attack, the Waltons have, you know, built these museums here that are bringing drag shows. They had the Black Lives Matter founder come and speak. They, um, I mean, it's just vile. It's, it's, the Children's Museum is going to host coloring stations at the drag show. And, I mean, it just feels like you're losing, and I'm not sure how to move forward. We try to elect good people, uh, people that tell us they're going to represent us, and then they go there and they do whatever the corporations want. The corporations are owned by China. We appreciate Tom Cotton's um, efforts, but then he really isn't speaking out about what Walmart's doing. They've, they've promised to inve- um, invest $430 million into Wuhan. So it's just, what are we supposed to do? Lisa, sometimes I guess that's what maybe David, maybe people when they watch David fight Goliath, they ask the same thing. How can he possibly do that? I don't know. Only with God's help. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I I guess uh, the point would be that I'll say this to you as I say it to myself, not to give up fighting until there just is nothing left to do. You're standing on the field, you know, having having done all, stand. Remember that verse in Ephesians? So I think um, I think be smart about it, though. It's not just a feeling thing. It's an active thing. You know what I'm saying? You don't just feel a certain way. You have to do something. And so um, I'm sure, you know, maybe you're one of those people that needs to talk about how to get organized in your, in your area. So uh, why don't you send me, if you want to do that, if you want to some help with organizing, send me your information, sandy at afr.net, and I will link you. But only be, make sure you're serious about it, okay? Uh, so, Because I don't want to waste Terry's time at the other end. Not, that's not an insult to you. I'm just saying I want to make sure you're serious about it, about actually doing something to organize. And we'll see if we can help you in some way. But, Lisa, it's tough. And be sure, of course, bathe everything you do in prayer, everything that you do Thank in you. prayer. Because apart from God's help, we can't. We can't do any of this. So um, thanks so much, and I'm so sorry. It's, I, everything you said I know is true. Okay, let's go to Neil in Missouri. Good morning, Neil. Quickly, if you can. Yes. Grand jury. These people that are being harassed by the government need to get to the grand jury. If they've been charged, feds have to have an indictment in order to prosecute you. you got to send a letter addressed to the grand jury foreman to the court clerk or the clerk of the uh, court in which you're being prosecuted. Do not send it 
directed to the grand jury foreman. Send it to the court clerk. She's required or he's required to give it to the grand jury foreman. They will call you in for your testimony. And then you can plead your case to the grand jury. Ask for a, a no true bill. That's what you want from the grand jury. That means they won't let the prosecutors prosecute you. It's a not guilty verdict from a grand jury, and that's the way you beat them. I've done it to them three times now on nine felony charges. So I okay. know it works. Okay. I've been doing this to them since the 70s. All right, Neil. Are you an attorney? I'm a lawyer. I've been teaching law okay. since the mid-70s. Yeah, okay. I know things right. about the law that most judges don't even know. Okay, so Neil, are you, are you saying if I could get this information to their attorneys or to the guys in jail? Uh, the attorneys will always, always tell you. Every attorney I've ever spoken to will tell you, oh, no, 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 you don't want to talk to the grand jury. That's the last thing you want to do. No, that's the first thing you want to do. You want to get to your fellow citizens because they're the ones that can okay. cut you loose and okay. prevent the prosecutor from prosecuting you. Okay, all right, so a personal letter to the clerk of the court, to the grand jury... You send it to the yeah, clerk of the court, to the grand jury, yeah, and ask yeah, for a no true bill? Okay. If you don't get a response, the first time you're in front of a judge, you tell that judge you want to talk to the grand jury. Hey, Neil, would you do me a favor? Would you do me a favor and uh, send me your, your contact information? Are you willing to do that? It's okay, just to I'll, me. I'm I'll, not... try, I'll try to. I'll, I'll try to get a friend to send it to you. I'm not on the Internet. I don't have a computer. I live in the woods. I don't even have electricity. Okay. So, <laughs> well, you know what? I used to think that was weird, but now I think that's actually very smart. <laughs> Neil, I listen, pr- thank you, and I will pass that information on. I will. All right? Okay. God bless you, Neil. Oh, I have something important to tell all of you. I am going to be gone for the next three weeks. I'm going to be gone because my children are coming back from St. Andrews. I haven't seen them in 18 months. Uh, and uh, they're then on their going to be on their next assignment and maybe overseas as well. And so I haven't, I haven't. They've been over, gone for four and a half years, and so Tim Wildman has generously agreed to let me take this time off to be with my kids. Okay, so uh, you're going to be in good hands with Fred Jackson, also with Christian Adams and others. Uh, and uh, I will be here, you know, by virtue of pre-tapes uh, to, with some great shows for you. Uh, but thank you for your understanding. I'm not going to leave the show. I'm just going to be gone for three weeks. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.